Welcome everyone to the Buzzer Beater Basketball Podcast. It has been seven months. Did we do the last one in January? We did. Well, not January. We did. Remember, we did one in the middle. Um, we had like one random episode just talking oh, about right. quarantine. Episode. Quarantine. Yeah, that. quarantine episode. Anyways. So it's been two months, I think. Two, two and yeah. a half since then. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm your host, Pranav. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Shikar. You can say hi. I mean, he's Hello. already so high. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're at season, I don't know, season 2.5 is what I'm going to call this because season two is when the actual season started. I don't know what this weird NBA bubble Orlando stuff is. So I'm going to call it season 2.5 just for fun. But yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're it's back. It's been interesting. Uh, before mm-hmm. we get started, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Okay, forget me, but check out Shikar on Twitter uh, at ShikarShaw24. Uh, Correct. Because I do not tweet at all, and then, yeah, he but he does, and he has some good stuff occasionally. Occasionally, so, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Be sure but, to check um, him out. Uh, so yeah, it's been a while since the last time. Uh, we've missed a lot of stuff. Uh, I guess we don't really need to recap it. But the situation right now is that NBA basketball is due to start in how many days? Six, five days. The July thirtieth. So that's five day, four days from now. Yeah, so figured may as well get like, I guess like a mini preview type thing, or at least looking into the news surrounding the bubble, the infamous bubble at Disney. Mm-hmm. The infamous bubble, and uh, I mean, once once regular basketball starts coming back, we will be back once a week, maybe two times a week. Hey, I don't know. We'll see. I we'll mean, see. It depends on quarantine schedules, obviously. But. Yeah, it's gonna be. We'll, we'll figure something out. Um, but at least once a week weekends like you guys expected sometimes we'll be back uh because basketball is back and i mean so are we yeah so i guess we can start with like news about the bubble um obviously all the players you know isolating in disney world in orlando um Mm -hmm. okay the first thing that really confused me about this is that isn't the park open yes park is open isolating exactly My understanding is that they're all isolated in the ESPN part. So the okay, the the my understanding is that they can't go to the public places, and the public places don't go to where the NBA players are. I'm not sure. I think the NBA players are all isolated only inside the ESPN World of Sports park, and all the other parks are open to the public, but not the sports park. And so I think that's how they're controlling it. So there's the public is coming in. Doing their stuff, which is its own, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, I mean that that in itself is a, is very sus. Yeah, I don't personally, I don't agree with that, but that's fine. As far as I understand, there's a very strict, um, like level of isolation between the players and the public that's coming in. Even the media. I don't know if you saw the No Dunks episode with Ben Gulliver, um, or you listened to the the podcast, but. Ben Gulliver, he's a reporter for the Washington Post. Great work. Go read him. Go check out his podcast and stuff. Um, but he's in the bubble as a reporter. And even the reporters that are in the bubble, he said there's like 50 to 60 of them. They're really not allowed to go and mingle with the players like normal either. So they're also being isolated. They're having limited access um, relative to normal, obviously. So I think NBA is doing a good job keeping the players very isolated there's like a bubble within the bubble that's what ben Gulliver said so that's kind of how they're doing it i'm not fully certain about the 
the geography of the way they're being isolated. But yeah, they're doing a good job keeping the players safe. Yeah, there's been a few instances where players have had to leave and come back and they've had their own isolation period once they've come back. So mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Um couple of breaches. Uh who's it? Rashawn Holmes? Yeah, Rashawn Holmes. That was like day food. <laughs> day three of the bubble. He he started he ordered it was either DoorDash or Uber Eats or one of the food delivery services. And yeah, he walked out of the bubble, which was kind of concerning at the time. I think they remedied that situation, but it's kind of concerning how he could just accidentally walk out and not realize that he, you know, gotten past the boundary or whatever. Um, But that was early on. I think um, it's worth noting that since, I don't know when this, I don't remember when this report came out, but a few, about a week ago, um, as of a week ago, there's been zero positive cases inside the bubble, which is good news. Good news. Yep. Um, most recent breach was Lou Williams, who was uh, pictured in a strip club in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the less said about that, the better. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know what, so, but that just bring up an interesting question about how the NBA is going to handle Yeah, if he like gets like a suspension for a few games, it could be really bad for the Clippers. So Yeah. Yeah, because, so the thing with Lou Williams, his situation was that he had an excused absence basically like the league knew that he was about to, he was going to leave around this time um so there's some there was some approval process i'm assuming that he had to go and say hey i'm leaving for this particular family reason i don't know exactly what it was but some excused absence something family related or something with a friend we don't know what the details of that were but then and I've heard, I've seen on Twitter that his grandfather passed away, which if that's the case, rest in peace to him. That's, you know, that's not the point that I'm trying to make. But if on top of that, players are going out and using that as an excuse to go out and do something irresponsible, like going to a club or going to some kind of party or something like that, then I don't know what the checks are going to be on that, how they're going to handle that kind of stuff, because are they going to be constantly monitoring where the players are going? I don't know if that's ethical. Um, so there's a lot, there's, there's some questions there that need to be answered. I don't know if I'm sure they're working on that. Um, but there hasn't been any reporting about what the next steps are going to be, um, in a situation like that. It's, um, it's an interesting situation. Obviously there's no precedent for how to handle things like this. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they handle things from here. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, I guess this isn't bubble related, but the funniest piece of news that I've seen recently is uh, the Knicks looking at uh, Tom Thibodeau and <laughs> a five-year deal. This was so funny to me because, like, the Knicks are already known as a train wreck organization, and for them to pull out the coach that has had one of the worst reps, I feel, after leaving the Bulls, like on Minnesota, his yeah. rep- reputation just just terrible, awful. Yep. Um, and then they decide, you know what? He's the guy for us. A guy, a coach who has proved that he's like, he's not in tune with the current state of the game. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's the guy for us. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense whatsoever. It's, hey, it, one way is like the perfect Knicks move, isn't it? Like you do the absolute worst thing possible. That's what the Knicks are always going to do. It is a classic Knicks move and it makes absolutely no sense. I think I went on record saying that Thibodeau will never get a head coaching job again <laughs> after he got fired from <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. you saying that. I don't remember if you said that on the podcast or on Twitter or just 
just to me in I'm person. Not, I may but... have said he shouldn't get another head coaching job, but of course, <laughs> of course, I expect the Knicks to fucking prove me wrong with that. You know, it's it's funny. I don't I, I don't remember if this was on the podcast that we talked about this, but the Knicks had been doing a good job of interviewing multiple candidates, and this entire time they've been looking at different people in their front for their front office positions for the coaching position and stuff they were doing like the process of hiring seemed to be going good for the first time they were looking at a whole list of different people making you know i'm assuming making lists and saying okay this person i like this stuff this person i like this stuff and at the end of all of that they did this entire process and they went with tom Thibodeau. like that's like oh, why is why is tibbs the fat i just don't understand dude i really don't understand <laughs> I don't know, because it's really weird because the Knicks, I remember earlier they were coming out there saying, hey, we want somebody who's, like, young and who will, like, fit with our, our players because they have a young kind of team in there, rebuilding team there. Uh, they wanted somebody who's young, somebody who could grow with the players. And then they go and get Tibbs, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, at the end of the day, it's the Knicks. They make baffling decisions all the time. Mental. Like okay, um, the 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 last like few Knicks coaches have been uh, Mike D'Antoni, two thousand eight mm-hmm. to twelve. Uh they had Mike Woodson, who actually had a winning record. Now that I look at it, I think this was the mellow years. Um, Derek Fisher, uh, pretty poor stint when he was at the Knicks. Uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Hornacek for a couple of years, and then David Fisdale, who got canned very quickly. Yeah. I remember reading somewhere this is like their fifteenth coach in seventeen years or something like that. Something ridiculous. I would not be surprised. Something ridiculous like that. I could be wrong. I'm not gonna. That's not a report for me. That's not a quote. Don't quote me on that. But it was some. It was some ridiculous stat like that that I saw about the next coaching uh, situation. It's just. It's unbelievable how they consistently manage to do, make such awful basketball mistakes. What really is the kicker to me is it's a five year deal. Yeah, like, <laughs> I cannot. We we were discussing this in a group chat earlier. On what's the over under on um how many years he lasts in the job? And we both said it at two point five. And yep. I think we're both comfortably going to take the under here. I, I, I'm I'm pretty confident I can take the under on that two point five. Like two years, I don't because if I don't, I don't it, it's the Knicks though. At the same time, they could they could win thirty games and that would be a success for them. And they'd say, okay, let's keep him because we're winning thirty thirty five games. Like. It would be, but the thing is, since 2012, since that Tony was fired and replaced, every single coach has lasted for exactly two seasons, or at least one and a half seasons. One and a half, yeah. So, like, it's not looking good for him from the get-go, but offering a five-year deal means you're going to be paying him for five years. Yep. Like, and if they do, I think they will fire him at some point. I know it's stupid to say shit like this now, um, because he, I mean, he hasn't even signed the, the contract yet, but this is... Just, I don't see a universe where this doesn't no, blow I, up I, in their faces. But good for good for uh, Tibbs, though. Good for him getting his. I don't, how much was the contract worth? Have you seen number on that? No, they just so, have right? five year deal. There's no numbers yeah. on it yet. I don't know how much it is, but regardless, five years coaching in New York, living in New York City, and you're once you sign the deal, coach money is guaranteed basically for for five years. So like, uh. He's chilling. Good for him. Uh, he gets to destroy the knees of RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. So happy for him, I guess. I don't know, but from the from a basketball point of view, unless he can kind of show that he's evolving and 
modernizing a little bit more in the NBA as coach. I don't know if this is going to be any kind of success for the Knicks. Um, not gonna lie, I did have to look up who the Knicks had on their roster when I did see this news. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if that's like the Knicks being poor or it's just me being so out of touch with basketball at the moment. I think it's um, a little bit of both. Yeah, hopefully I'll be getting back into it now that the season's about to restart. Um, I guess I, I wanted to ask this question to you. Um, okay. Do you have like a dark horse pick for the bubble? Because now, from what I've been seeing, everyone thinks that because of this bubble format and all this other stuff, that you're more likely to get a dark horse winner, um, which I don't particularly believe in because, I mean, you're still playing, you know, X amount of playoff games. And I think inevitably it will be one of the teams that we predicted earlier on to win. But if you had to pick one, a team that is not named the Bucks, the Clippers or the Lakers, who would you pick? Okay, so as a dark horse, I would... I. I think the closest, the next closest, are the 76ers hmm. uh, as a dark horse, I guess. So I want to be very clear. I think the drop-off between the Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers is, like, huge. Anybody, there's no fourth, really. Yeah, but there's like nobody the argument that's... that I've been seeing is that because of the bubble, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of bridges the gap in a way a little bit. I'm not sure how exactly that works. I think... I mean, you eliminate travel. I feel like the Nuggets are going to be poor because they don't have that home court advantage <laughs> anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Yeah. but Okay, so your pick is the Sixers. So, yeah, with the Sixers, it's, it, okay, Sixers is interesting. The whole thing, the whole caveat with that is that it kind of depends. And this is always what it's going to be like with the Sixers until they make a move. But it depends on how Ben Simmons plays. Uh, he's. It's funny to say he's the X factor because he's the best player on the team, or what second best player on the team, depending on you know how you f- feel about him and Joel. But I think that's really how it is. He's the one that sets the tone for the team. He's the one that he he really controls the team in a way much that's like similar to the way LeBron controls his teams, whether it's the Lakers or the you know the the Cavs before that. Ben Simmons has that kind of effect on the team's offense, um, and. One thing I'd be interested in seeing is, I don't know if you remember, but during the season, the Sixers were um, amazing at home. They were, I don't remember the number, but they had single-digit losses, as far as I remember, at home. And when they were on the road, they were completely miserable. It was like, it was. I've never seen a team be so vastly different at home in a way. Now that they're in the bubble, how is that going to affect them? Is because the, the concept of home and away doesn't exist anymore. Oh my! So, I don't remember it being this bad. They're twenty nine and two at home and ten and twenty four on the road. There you go. I remember it That's was something ridiculous. Yeah, it was something crazy. So they have how an is that gonna... equivalent to the Knicks? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I told you, as some ridiculous, they're almost undefeated at home the entire season. So how is that going to affect them in Orlando? I don't know because every team. Is going to be in the same way. No team has home court advantage. Nobody has, you know, there's no home away at all. Um, it's difficult to quantify home court advantage, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, especially since there's no crowd, I guess, now. Like, there's no reason to go for a top four seed in this current format. Um, Not really. The only thing about seeding is it's just matchup fishing. Who you want to play, yeah. who you don't want to play. Yeah. The, and home court advantage as a whole, I think the 
So yeah, the noise and stuff. Okay, that's one thing. Fans cheering and booing at different times in the game. Okay, but I think the main, at least personally, I don't know if there's any research done or any evidence or any kind of reporting at all. My personal opinion is that I think the main advantage from home court advantage is just the psychological thing of saying, "Hey, I'm at home with my, you know, my fans" or something like that. How is that going to carry over in the bubble? It can also be like, uh, you know, when you're at home, you're staying in your house as opposed to a hotel somewhere. Hotel, right here. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how. I mean, they, yeah, you can't quantify. It's like how, it's like the hot hand and things like that. There's a lot of things in basketball which make no sense, but we generally accept them as fact. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, basketball. It's not. It's not science. Uh, there's yeah. some elements they just can't control. Ever, you can't quantify ever. Yeah, like how did Chandler Parsons hit like twenty threes in that one quarter with a flattish <laughs> shot? In you know, there there's some things which just don't make sense, but they still happen. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the that's the beauty of sports altogether. It's not not just basketball, but that's the beauty of sports where you know you never know what's gonna happen, which is why, uh, which is why they're so compelling. I think so I, uh, for mm-hmm. me, as far as dark horses go, I think the Mavericks could be really good, but then. You think so? I don't. I don't know. I just, my issue is that I don't see there being a huge difference. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't believe in this whole dark horse thing. I'm. I've, I very truly believe that it will be one of those top three teams who win it. Um, if I had to pick, I do like the Mavericks. I think they're very good, and I feel. I feel that they could uh, upset someone in the first round or second round matchup. Even. I can see. Um, I can definitely see them potentially upsetting somebody if they. Uh, they yeah, are the lower seed. I don't even remember the standings. They're, they're one of those teams where um, I feel like they never got the fit between Luca and Porzingis completely down because, you know, mm-hmm. Porzingis was injured Hurt for, for a little vast bit. majority. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, they've had a chance to, you know, get healthy, to practice together. And, um, I mean, team chemistry looks good. So I think they're cool. Uh, I've heard people say the Rockets. I will never believe the Rockets will be good even if they are my team. <laughs> I've been burned too many times by my own beliefs, so I refuse to believe it until I see it. Yeah. I think, so the Mavericks have like a historically good offense, but their defense is kind of concerning. Um, and they're yeah. very young. So how think, that's going to respond in the playoffs, how Luke, Luke so Luca's a little bit different because he's, he's young, but he's very experienced playing at very high levels of basketball. Not the NBA, but his success in Europe is, is, unique compared to most other young players so i'm I, I don't know if i have the faith in him right now to be able to handle the full playoff things i think a year from now two years from now without a doubt he's going to be top five top three you know best player in the league he's he's just on that trajectory he's going to be amazing so i i, I there's something i'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out on is seeing how he's handling the playoffs, the little pressures and stuff like that, the way games change, the game gets faster, or actually game gets slower, but game gets more intense. Um, definitely want to see how he handles that. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, uh, playoff pushes go, I think the Grizzlies are now definitely favored to hold on to the eight seed. Mm-hmm. Um, if we did have a full season, I could definitely see the Pelicans coming in and stealing it. I know, like, the chances were getting slimmer and slimmer as we went on. Um... Because I think they were stumbling at some point. They were catching and they stumbled. I, I, it's honestly been too long for me to remember the storylines completely. But uh, honestly, I don't, I don't remember, remember either. 
But I remember um, they had a much easier schedule to end yeah. the season, and they were favored to overtake the Grizzlies. But since yeah. it's been cut, uh, it seems a lot less likely now. Yeah. Um, I mean, either way, it's just a first round matchup to see who gets massacred by the Lakers. But yeah, essentially. Uh, in the East, um, if there was a way to kick the Nets out of the bubble, <laughs> I would happily do it because I mean, no Kyrie, They're... no KD, no Dimwitty, no uh, anybody. Yeah, the signing randoms like uh, it's just. Yeah, they picked up Michael Beasley, who immediately got tested positive and he got like cut. Wait, I don't really? know if he got cut, but he's not. Playing. I did not see that. He got. <laughs> yeah, they picked. So they their roster is running. They're running like low. They're getting dry. They didn't have anybody. They just needed players on the roster that could play basketball. So they signed Michael Beasley. And I think within a week he tested positive, or I don't remember if he tested. I'm pretty sure he tested positive, but for one reason or another, he can't play in the bubble anymore. Um, something happened. He's he opted out. He's like, actually, I'm not going to do it. So. Wasn't he under for the first six games anyway for violating the drug policy on his previous team? Yeah, on the Lakers. Yeah. So <laughs> there, oh, there was man. that whole element. So he, he, they tried Michael Beasley. That didn't work out for them. And I think they ended up signing Jamal Crawford now. Which uh, shout out to him, Jamal Crawford, forty five year old man, but. <laughs> Looking at those clips, he looks unreal, dude. If I if I like, I'm in anywhere near that kind of shape at the age of forty. Is he? He's forty two, I think. Isn't he? I think he's 40, 41 or forty two. I get. I'm gonna pull that up real quick while you talk. Forty. He's exactly forty. Oh, he's um, 40. okay. But yeah, if I'm in like anywhere near that shape at that age, I'll be like over the moon, dude. That is insane. <laughs> he's, he's teaching yeah. people. It's 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 insane. <laughs> Yeah, he he could pass. He could pass for like twenty five, thirty. Like he look at he, he just. I don't know what it is with uh, Jamal Crawford, but he just doesn't age. But uh, so the Nets, I w- I don't know. Net watching Nets basketball right now is just gonna be terrible. It's gonna be such a it's gonna be such a weird contrast when they come back next season, and KD and Kyrie are hopefully healthy and they <laughs> have. Remember when people were like speculating at first, like, "Oh my God, the Nets in the bubble, they're gonna get Kyrie and KD back," and then they both opt yeah, out. Like. No. The- which was the right decision for both of them. Like yeah, that's for sure. that's not, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I would have done the exact same thing if I was both of them. Uh, it's not worth coming back. We've seen a lot of players do that. We've seen like Davis Burton say, "Hey, you know, a couple of games. It doesn't make sense for me to risk getting hurt or getting sick or anything." So a lot of these players, especially players that have contracts coming up, like Burton's, they're, they're not trying to take that risk. Um, which I understand. If your team doesn't have the chance or a realistic chance of making it far in the playoffs, making you know championship run at it, then I fully understand why some players don't want to come down to the bubble. Yeah. Um. Right. Other news. Um. The the wolves have been rumored to be being bought by Kevin Garnett, which I think is. <laughs> the what do you think? Weirdest headline I've heard in a while. Um. I have no idea how feasible it is and what they're doing about it, but um. So I've been doing a little reading. Um, not too much. I'm not some. I'm not some kind of NBA franchise valuation expert or anything. But um, as far as I understand, Glenn Taylor, the current owner of the Timberwolves, wants to sell, but he wants to keep the team in Minnesota, um, in Minneapolis. And Kevin Garnett said that, "Hey, I want to buy it. I want to be majority owner, or at least part like partial owner. I don't know if he has the money to be majority, but he wants to be." stakeholder in the franchise he wants to keep the team in minnesota so he went and he approached the wilfs family the wilfs family is a family that owns the minnesota vikings and 
he was like, because Kevin Garnett can't afford, as far as I know, he's he's you know he's very successful, great at his job, he makes a lot of money, but he can't afford to buy an NBA team, to my knowledge. So he had to go talk to these rich people, richer people, I guess. But it seems so. I, this is just a brand new report that came out. I at least I read it today. It must have came out maybe yesterday that they're not interested in actually buying. And now Aaron Aflalo is the leading or his group of players are or like the leading group. I don't know group of players, his group of investors. I don't know who the other investors are from his his party, but Aaron Aflalo might be the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's extremely odd. I really don't know what to think of any of this. Okay, did you do you did you know or did you remember that Aaron Aflalo actually played for the Timberwolves recently? No, I don't know how recent. I don't remember how recent, but I was looking at the article. I can imagine him in the jersey, but I'm... maybe it's just me. For me, I read that and they like blew my mind. I was like, Aaron Aflalo was on the Timberwolves. Like, I do not didn't have any memory like, of that. Didn't he play like during KG time, or am I mistaken? Because I, I can kind of envision him in that jersey. Uh, I don't think he's that old. All right, basketball reference. Let's go. All right, let's pull it up. I'm gonna let you pull it up while I talk about how, uh, just the just the wolves in general and the nature, of the duration of that franchise. Because they got they finally they <laughs> I don't remember how this ended. They finally did get D'Angelo Russell, didn't they? They finally have Cat and Russell together. Yeah, they did. Okay, okay. I don't remember. Hey, this is a long time ago, but they finally flipped Wiggins for Russell, just like they've been trying to do for a while now. And uh, they look like they're going in the right direction with, you know, some young star players there. Both of them are all-star caliber players. I don't know if Cat's made an all-star team, but he's up there in that, you know. Okay, Polo has not played for the Timberwolves at any point. He didn't? Okay, well, I guess I'm mistaken because I read this article uh, and they said that he played like one year there. His trajectory was uh, Pistons, Nuggets, Magic, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Knicks, Kings. Oh, he played. Oh, I misread the thing. Okay, he played for the Pistons when uh, Flip Saunders was the coach for the Pistons. Okay, so that was the connection he has to the Timberwolves. That's the whole thing. Okay, yeah, my bad. I'm sorry, but um, regardless, Aaron Aflalo is not a name I've heard in like five years. Yeah, I mean, he's not the most relevant player, but. I mean, I, I just, good like, for him if he has the money or he's able to get yeah, the see, money the to buy is, a team. Even, like, I, even, even I could be like, yeah, I'm interested in buying the Timberwolves. I, I, it's just <laughs> like I don't have a cash for it, do I? I don't see where these players are getting the money for this stuff. Hey, I remember when I do. I uh, remember when I made the GoFundMe so I could buy the Lakers. Yeah, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> Did you actually get cash out of that? I don't think so. I honestly didn't even check after the first two days. I hope to God that nobody sent me any money because that's gone. My issue, this is like, uh, okay, well, Katie went to the owner of the Vikings. Say that did happen, right? And say the Vikings, the people on the Vikings bought the Timberwolves. But then KG is the headliner. So everyone's like, oh my God, Kevin Garnett owns the Timberwolves. Whereas it's this rich family who also owns another team who are pulling all the strings. Yeah. And uh, KG is just a puppet at the front. So it's just, it, why? There's no point for him to be there. It's just to get good press, I guess. I mean, it's good press. It's I'm sure it's like a dream of his. Like, I know, you know, LeBron wants to buy a team eventually. Um, or he wants to own a team. Uh, I, I just think it's good to have more basketball people owning basketball teams. Like, 
I guess it, it really hasn't worked out well with Jordan in the in the Hornets, but he's the only one really that I can think of off the top of my head that has any kind of real basketball think, experience. If any current basketball player has a chance at owning a team, it is LeBron James. Yeah, it's LeBron. Because of that ridiculous um, Nike deal that he has the lifetime one. But even even then, I still don't think he has he he doesn't have billions of dollars to to you know. To put up for a basketball team. Yeah, I mean, he. It's obviously. It's not going to be like a full takeover. I guess it's just he's going to probably try and get majority stake. I don't know how he's planning to do it. But I don't I'm know. Sure I hope. I hope I'm, it does. That'd be really cool if LeBron, if he owned the Cavs at one point, that would be. Yeah, I feel like that would be very poetic. I'm sure it's on the cards somewhere. Like he's probably planning it. But yeah. Um, you know what? I I wouldn't even mind if he if he got the Lakers next. I'd be that fine with that. That is highly unlikely. I don't, because so ideally I would have wanted Kobe to own the Lakers once the, because Genie Bus doesn't have any kids to my knowledge. So eventually this is going to move out of the Bus family. Um, and ideally I would want it to be, I would have wanted it to be Kobe. No, since that's no longer possible, I don't want Magic touching that franchise anymore. Just, just, just please. <laughs> just, I love you. Just please. No more. I guess it would just be LeBron. Like I don't know who else is gonna. I don't. I don't know who else I'd want to because because the whole thing with the Lakers is like it's like a it's a family thing. Like it's, as as an organization, the way they treat their players, the way they treat their staff and stuff, for better or for worse, you know, you can argue the merits of that. But the fact is that they the Lakers are like a family there, and so I would want to keep it in house. But you know, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I can see that. <clears throat> Um, I guess last thing on the dock that we have is uh, the WNBA season, which started recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, women's basketball is back, and there's been a lot, a lot of push from NBA players and NBA teams and just the media as a whole this season, which I don't know if I'm the only one that kind of got surprised by it. There's always some hype around it, and a lot of the, a lot of these NBA players are very supportive of you know WNBA. A lot of the media is, but... I don't know if it was just me, but for some reason, this season, it felt like extreme. It felt like people are really, really pushing the hype about it. Um, and I'm I'm glad that that's the case. I want more eyes on it. They're on national TV right now. They're on ESPN. People are watching them. Bleacher Report is putting out highlights. House of Highlights is putting out WNBA highlights and stuff like constantly. Um, and I think that's absolutely amazing for women's basketball. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you can't really say much. It's it's obviously good. More exposure is always going to be better. Yeah. Is it, it okay? Do you, do you, have you been noticing that too, or is it just is it just me? I'm I'm telling you, I've been completely out of it. Like okay. Um, I guess you guys can let me know on Twitter. Tweet at me at sugarshot twenty four. Let me see what you guys have to to say. Uh, I don't know. But that's something that I feel like I've I've been seeing. A lot of these teams have been. I don't know if you saw the Suns and the Grizzlies, their Instagram accounts, uh, and the way they were handling people responding to their the posts. I don't know if you saw that. Hmm. Okay, so basically, the Suns and the Grizzlies they posted you know a picture of uh just Instagram promotion. I think the Grizzlies posted a picture of John Moran. I forgot what the Suns post was, but it was just a promotion for WNBA saying, "Hey, season starting soon." Uh, check it out, you know, standard stuff. And then there's some some dude in the comments was like, oh, you know, being 
sexist and stuff and just saying, hey, I don't want to watch women's basketball because it's it's boring or it's garbage. I, I, I hate you know? that there are people who exist who are like this. It yeah, like this. Really distressing me. I, so, you know, people in the comments replying, and the Suns and the Grizzlies, both of their organizations, they went back, they went back, replied to these people. One of them, I, I looked at both their profiles, and they're both like 15, 14, 15-year-old 15 kids that looked like, so of course, right? Like, of course. But they go back and, like, relatively respectfully, both of these people turned, you know, happen to be Laker fans or Kobe fans, which I find very disappointing and very disheartening because, you know, that's not the kind of people I would want to be associated with in any kind of way. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Lakers have fans everywhere, and that's going to, you know, that's going to mean having some immature uh, people like that too. But they, they go back to Suns. Son's account and the Instagram account, they go back and saying, hey, you know, Kobe was one of the biggest, you know, uh, advocates for women's basketball and you supported him. You should support something like this, too. And I think both of them shut up after that because I hey, shout out to the Suns and Grizzlies uh, PR teams for that one. Whoever runs their Instagram media accounts, that was good, good, good way of um, good way of, you know, getting the message out there that women's basketball is important and you should pay attention to it. OK, so. Yeah, I think that just about does it. Um, we'll have another episode out once the games have started and we'll actually have more stuff to analyze other than just speculation. Uh, we're not going to do like we're not going to do a proper preview because again, we just don't know enough at all to know who's good, who's not. And we'll just yeah. be conjecture and probably we'll end up with the same result as we did at the start of the season. Which yeah, is, it's oh, always around 500 because you know, it's, it's hard to predict this stuff. Yeah. Oh man, I'm glad we stopped doing predictions. <laughs> <laughs> kind of embarrassed. I, I don't know. We were both above 500, but barely. I think. I don't. Oh, is ba- it was basically a coin flip every year. Yeah, which was, which really is not. You know, that doesn't mean anything. So there's we, no point. We would in not be that, good. But... We would not be good in Vegas. Hey, speaking of Vegas, you want to get in? Get in on sports betting right now because it's it's crazy. The hype is unreal right now because. Every single sport is coming back at the same time. Like normally you have all the sports kind of spread out across seasons and stuff. It's like, okay, you have, you know, whatever in summer and then you have like football and like the winter and basketball kind of bridging that gap a little bit between between the two years and stuff. And all that stuff is like, there's all the season stuff. Right now, every single sport, there's baseball, there's hockey, there's basketball, football's starting up soon. Uh, there's like UFC, there's MMA or whatever. I don't know the difference. Just there's stuff. There's a lot of sports. So you want to bet? This is the perfect time to bet. Get in on them. But um, yeah, I think that's about it for this uh, this episode of the Buzzer Beater Basketball Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you check me out on Twitter at Shickershaw24. Check out front of. What? Oh, don't check me out. I haven't done anything on Twitter. In fact, I'm thinking about just deleting my account in general. I okay, I guess have. don't check them out then. Never mind. You can just check me out, I guess. Uh, check out the show at the BuzzerCast, although, to be honest, that's kind of dry oh as well. God, dude. <laughs> this is just reminding me of how much stuff I have not been doing. Hey, you know what? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. All the society was shut down for six months. Life was just put on pause, so nobody's blaming anybody for being a little bit out of tune right now. It's fine. It's totally normal. That's all of us. Um, but yeah, if you guys enjoy this one, I'll see you guys hopefully next week with some real actual basketball that has stakes and not just practice games.